Hello, everybody, and I am, quote-unquote, here at the Geography Teachers Educators Conference, um, and I have an open table at the uh, conference in their virtual wonder room for any teacher to uh, or teacher educator to drop in and speak to me. Let's see how this goes. I'm doing this kind of thing for the very first time. Will I be sitting here on my own with my cup of tea, or will I have some people to speak to? Let's find out. Welcome to Coffee and Geography, where my guests and I geek out about the world and everything on it, discovering that we are all geographers in some way, shape or form. I'm your host, Kit, and my pronouns are they, them or she, her. So settle down with a brew, hit that subscribe or follow button and enjoy the listen. How is everybody? So thank you for joining me here, folks. How are we all doing today? Good. Fantastic. Good. So we are two thumbs up. So we are here at the Geography Teacher Educators Conference, uh, and I have some members of the organising committee actually here. Um, Ellie, do you just want to say uh, hi and who you are and and how things are going so far today? Bless them. Uh, I'm. uh, They've they've already heard quite a bit of my voice in the last couple. So I'll just say lovely to have you all. Welcome to our socialising space. Um, and uh, and I think we've kicked off pretty nicely. No technical issues so far. That's always a winner. That's wonderful. And as someone who runs a podcast, that's always a winner. You always feel you've, you've, you've got a success when all you've got. So um, everybody sitting in this circle right now, um, I'll be aware that they, uh, this is being recorded for the uh, Coffee and Geography podcast. Hello. So Amber, how are you doing today? Are you with us? I'm... I'm... I'm struggling to be honest. Um, post COVID, and I'm. Um, oh no! I'm actually signed off at the moment because I, yeah, keep coughing and spluttering and wheezing, and I'm very tired. So I'm going to dip in and out over the next day and a half. So. So would we say then, Amber, that actually you're quite thankful for the fact that this is a virtual conference rather than in person at the University of Dublin. So for everybody listening, this is um, we were actually planning to have this held maybe at the University of Dublin or maybe somewhere on this side of the Irish Sea. Um, But um, I think it's actually worked out better this way because there are so many of us who want to get together for this GTE conference, but then, uh, you know, the, the travel is quite difficult. And of course you've got our, yourself and other people still having <laughs> recovering from COVID. So, yeah, yeah. so Amber, tell us a little bit about yourself. So what, what are you, um, so what is your link with GTE? I work, then? Yeah. I work at the university of Sunderland running the PGC course there. Um, and uh, I taught for 20 years in, secondary mainstream um in the northeast uh obviously for my accent i'm not originally from the northeast <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually from essex but i've lived in newcastle oh. for 30 years um and uh, haven't really managed to pick up the geordie accent well <laughs> no no okay okay now listen i'm from essex myself i'm originally from harlow right oh, i right, can okay. definitely tell you've got a little bit of a geordie tang just maybe because i'm I, I know what the Essex accent's like, so... Yeah, mine was never kind of um, <laughs> East London Essex, if you know what I mean. Mm. It, was more, it was more Chelmsford, kind of... Yeah, I was Arlo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up the A414. Yeah, I was on the A12. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brilliant. Yeah. So you've had three sessions so far. Um, of the mouse, oh, Alan Parkinson, of the mouse, the president of he's been a coffee and geography guest in the past. So how's the morning been? Have you enjoyed it so far? I have. Yeah. No, I have. Um, and I've signed up for your um, GA um, training on climate change teaching. Oh, wonderful. Um, okay. But I missed the first session because obviously I was ill. So um, oh, right. and that's, I understand that's been that's recorded. So I'm looking forward to kind of picking your brains and things and looking at how I can really get some uh, some better climate um, crisis teaching into my uh, PGC course, really. Yeah, and uh, and you've um, wow, you've got a busy day today then because yeah. you're here this morning and then and then there's that thing that so yeah every so this is how that actually it all works everybody so if you're not sure how like teacher training or even teacher teacher training works really is is well yeah the fact that we've gone virtual is actually very very helpful because amber's a prime example of how you know we can go to a conference in the morning in the midday and then and then in the afternoon you go to some kind of training and then when you don't have to leave your room and i'm just looking at your uh your webcam there Amber. you've got a beautiful yes beautiful big world map there so have you done the classic thing where you've marked it the places that you've been to or i haven't actually no oh. um, i've got magnetic paint underneath it okay um, and uh i've got some weather symbols that i can move around and uh, <sighs> uh and, and things to yeah show incoming fronts and things very <laughs> very much a geography nerd um but yes it, it's great but obviously uh yeah, um, it'd be gr even better to have a Peter's projection or something else. But uh, oh, I couldn't find wallpaper in in those of the same quality. So, um, so for those, <laughs> those who don't know what Amber and I are referring to there, so the most common um, projection of world map is probably what you've most seen, seen is where you've got Greenland, which is the size of the whole continent of Africa, because the polar regions are stretched out, and that's called the Mercator projection. And that was originally actually very good for navigation and for getting people around the world. A bit of a, but it was a colonialized tool, you know, a colonial tool to, to for for empires to spread and for ships to navigate around. And it actually has, solves no purpose other than colonial rule and imperialism. Whereas the Peter's projection is a little bit more realistic when it comes to at least the sizes of the country. So Greenland is actually relatively small compared to the whole continent of 54, 55 countries of Africa. But um, still, um, I don't know. Would you prefer to have a map on the wall rather than none at all? Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I will keep looking and I will uh, update it at some point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's obviously often a talking point when I'm teaching online. <laughs> see, see, see the map behind. Um, it was originally um, a study and then it was my son's nursery. Um, so it, it's been used in lots of different ways. And the magnetic paint underneath means we can stick all sorts up from photos to yeah, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Um, well, thank you for talking to me, uh, Amber, to just dropping by on the coffee and geography okay. uh, table. And uh, it's nice to just have a little bit of insight and just to meet you for five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Nice to meet you. Take care. And I'm joined by the GA president himself, Mr. Parkinson, our one of our previous guests from season one. Hello, Mr. Parkinson. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yes. Just. Uh... Sadly, not got a coffee with me, but uh, <laughs> I did a little input earlier on the former presidents and their ideas about geography and what they contributed to the community. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to the next day and a bit of learning from uh, 
subset. So the Ellie Kiki Deborah um, story is part of that. And obviously there's a, uh, an element to the way the cities are designed and who lives where that's, uh, that needs discussing with students. Uh, mm. Decolonising the curriculum, but uh, lots of familiar names, lots of people I've heard speak before and, and I know that they're going to be going to be excellent. I have to say this is a fantastic platform and and um, and for anybody who doesn't know what a wonder room is it's it's well if you it, basically it's like zoom but you've got freedom to move around and and link up with people and groups as you so wish um, so what we've got here at the GT conference we've got different tables if you so wish and they've all got titles so this this on this table we're, we're coffee and geography podcast and you've got climate cafe geography education research and everybody, everybody seems to be scared of this table in particular. Alan, I've only spoken to one person moment and and, uh, and yourself, but that's okay. Um, it's all about consent. So, uh, um, what do you think of the? What do you think of this this kind of platform? Maybe from a, a, a collaborative, or maybe even a geographical point of view, because it's got such a potential for educators to use something like this. I mean, the only barrier I can think of is maybe with the privacy and what happens to the data. But apart from that, logistically, I mean, this is a very useful platform. Yeah, we used it at last year's GA conference. Mm. I think it was um, Harriet who'd come across it and had given it a go. And then I used it for an event. And Richard Alloway used it for an IB gathering of teachers across sort of France and Switzerland. And I was actually able to present in it. So you could be able to broadcast the whole room. Yep. So you can actually have your slides showing just as you can zoom. I think also you can you can sort of lock a conversation so that you can keep it private within the room. And as you say, it's, it's easy for somebody to just leave by just dragging their circle. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's no sense of it, that you've got to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm leaving that. And you just drag your face and off you go. I think the data one's interesting. I think that's possibly an area. I don't know how it would work with school filters as well. The other thought I had in mind, of course, is that this if these things are becoming so close to being a proxy to the real thing you know to actually having physical tables set up to what extent will this replace that kind of thing or we would ever go back to having this you know i was, I was just speaking to, to to amber just before you you came on and and we were mentioned about how this has actually been a net benefit in a way because folks like herself who's who's just recovering from covid is able to participate whereas if this was being held at the university of dublin or elsewhere she probably would have had to have stayed home because of isolating from COVID. So thank you for joining us. And it's good to see you again. And I can let you go and speak to some other people in the in the uh, conference tables. So let's tell you a bit more about the uh, the Geography Teacher Educators Conference um, while I'm waiting for any other brave soul to just drop by. Um so this is taking place all weekend. So Friday, the 28th of January uh, and Saturday and a bit of Sunday as well. And what this is, this is for an opportunity for those who actually educate the educators, if you so wish. So teacher trainers, academics, um, you know, and people in charge of mentoring in schools and things like that to kind of share ideas and, and see what the latest news is. So looking at the agenda and, you know, the program for the conference, you know, there's, there's things about um, exploring what it is meant to be a teacher a, a, uh, educator what's the ident uh, identities in that uh, and then we've got a, a room about sustainability so about a cross-curricular approach to make sure we can teach sustainability 
climate change education in India. So that's Steve Puttick's doing that one. So giving some case studies about real life um, things that are taking place and trying to get perspectives other than our our own views to so trying to kind of stretch outside of our bubble rather than having this very insular kind of um, siloed approach rather than like reaching out and see what we can learn from other places, not just around the UK, but also around the world, you know, and there's some, there's some, um, some attainment based things. So like, how do you, how do you close the gap with kinds of attainment and also closing the gap regards to research and school, school geography, because, you know, geography in particular is informed by consistent progressive research our, our knowledge about the world and how it works and how human interacts with the world is just constantly in motion so so we need to be very very um in tune and collaborating with our academic partners people on the research front so there's 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 talks about that um there's some debates about the way we should move forward and everything like that so there's a lot of things going on here and there's, there's going to be like fun stuff like quiz and and whatnot and which which i am running and uh um but it's looking absolutely fantastic this this conference and it just goes to show for you listening who are not in the teacher profession and um who is thinking about how all this all works how do the teachers actually stay up to date and things like this well it is things like this it is conferences like this where we get to share ideas, learn about the new things, and see if we can um, make make education better from, or you could argue, from the top down, from the teacher trainers down through the teachers, and then of course having a positive impact on our students. Now, one I would love to watch, which I think is tomorrow, David Priest, very good guy, Inside the Sausage Factory. Interesting. I'm going to leave that one to your imagination because I, I'm not sure I will be able to attend that one at the time it is. <laughs> Just sitting down with me virtually now is, uh, I was feeling a little bit lonely, is Emily Bratt. Hello, Emily. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. Now, I'm looking, are you actually in school? Is that, are you in an office or something? I am. I'm in my second day of my second placement school. <laughs> yeah, oh. so I'm a current PGCE student and my second day here, they've allowed me to help with the technicalities of this conference. So yeah, very lucky. <laughs> awesome. So hang on. So, okay, so I've, I've just been telling everybody listening who about, um, you know, this is for teacher training and stuff like that. But it's absolutely lovely to hear of a PGCE student. So for the folks who don't know, um, for the folks who don't know, what is a PGCE student? What does PGCE stand for? Oh, I don't know what PGC stands for, but it's the qualification. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it is a while. Uh, it's the qualification you get for becoming a teacher. So mine's PGC of QTS, which is qualified teacher status. So I do a whole year where I write assignments and I visit two placements and I teach in two different schools. And at the end of my placements, I have what's called a Viva Voce, where they decide if I'm fit to teach and then from that I get my ECT years so I go into early career teachers so that's where I have a two-year program where I get support in a school and I hopefully become a qualified teacher after those two years that's yeah, awesome that's my right? journey so far <laughs> yeah and every time I see a new group of PGC students it just makes me feel that tiny little bit older because <laughs> I've, I've mentored quite a few in, in my time oh, wow. um so yeah, PGC stands for. And let's see if I get this right now. Postgraduate of Certificate of Secondary <laughs> Education. Ancient, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we, we got it. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I didn't know what it stood for even when I applied for the thing when when I was uh, in two thousand four. <laughs> um, how's how, have you managed to see any of the conference at the moment? Have you gone to any of the talks then? 
Yeah, I've gone to a couple. I've had to dip in and out because obviously I'm on placement. So I've had yeah, you're actually in school. In the back yeah. of the um, rooms. But yeah, so yeah, it's really good so far. I'm really keen to listen to the climate change one shortly and the virtual uh, fieldwork one tomorrow. But yeah, I haven't got had full chance to actually watch any of them so far because I've been doing <laughs> technical stuff behind the scenes, unfortunately. But hopefully I'll be able to sit back afterwards. Oh, wonderful! And how does it? How do you feel as a as a as a trainee teacher, as a PGC student, when you know that conferences like this are taking place? That you know that your mentors, your your tutors, are going through this process and are, are learning from each other. I mean, what kind of confidence do you think that gives you as as a PGC student? I love it because obviously, when you come in to PGC, you get told that you you don't start at the bottom, but you kind of have to work your way up and you learn from others. And I go into like I've gone into my second placement today and watched a few teachers teach, and I'm like, oh my god, they're amazing. Am I ever going to get that? But then coming onto here, Aww. you kind of listening to conversations. You're like, everyone's still learning. Like everyone's exactly in the same position at me at different stages. So. I feel like your job's never complete as a teacher. You always have like, you can magpie information from so many different people. And it's just, it's nice to know that that's around. And then there's these support networks that you can go to, like learning about group chats and stuff that people have for different resources and to talk to each other about their days. It's just, it's nice to know. It's a nice community. Yeah. And, you know, as, as a teacher, you never stop learning. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been out of the classroom for a few years now and even, you know, teaching for 13 years, I'm still learning things every day, like even now. And uh, I learn still working with PGC students like yourself, you know, um, especially at the University of St. Anglia. They teach me sing- things or give me perspectives that I could, I was like, oh, if only I knew that while I was still in the classroom, I so would have like had a go at that. So, um, yeah, so I think all you, all you youngsters and new teachers, <laughs> I think, uh, should um, also give yourself a bit of love because we learn from you quite a fair bit as well and you bring in fresh ideas and fresh perspectives and and uh, and, and I know that uh, your mentors and your tutors are, are very very proud and about you know that the efforts that you're doing and um, keep up the great work so thank you so much <laughs> so thank you for joining me Emily it was lovely to speak to you very briefly and uh, you, there's an open invitation for you to come on the full podcast at any time <laughs> thank you so much see you later Hi folks, a chance for you to recharge your brew, but also a polite prod to remind you that it's so easy to support this podcast. Simply liking, sharing, rating and reviewing means that it will get on more people's radar. Also, there are a few links down in the description which may be of mutual benefit. Please do check them out. Okay, we are now, it's quiz night now here at the GTE conference, so... And I am, I'm joined again by Emily Bratt, who I spoke to a bit earlier. Hello, Emily. Um, and Hello. Ellie Bullock, nice to see you. Hello. And, and Ellie, one of the organisers. Hi. So, how, are you enjoying yourself, folks? Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Take that as a ringing indictment. I'm, I'm the quiz host, everybody. I think what I'll do for this podcast is that I'll, I'll post some of these questions and see if the listeners can have a go at them because they're absolutely ridiculously hard and they'll realise how much I'm torturing all of you. I think you're just saying that to make me feel better, Kit, because I'm the bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, this is, this is Eleanor um, Langthorne, who is uh, one of the main organisers of the conference. So um, Eleanor, tell us a little bit about what, what the, you know, the aims of, of GTER and uh, and the conference and what we're aiming to do and how it supports, you know, the folks like here and, and our circle has grown a bit bigger. We're welcoming David to the chat. So Ellie, tell us a little bit about Hello. the GT conference then. 
Right. I'm delighted to be here to share a little bit about our conference as the sort of main host for this year. It was due to be an in-person opportunity, but unfortunately mm. we had to make the decision in December to move online in light of the Omicron uh, outbreak, uh, that part of the pandemic. Uh, so we're, we're hosting an online uh, opportunity instead with the help of loads of GTE committee members and two fabulous PGC trainees here in this space at the moment, Emily and Ellie. Um, yeah. And the main remit of the GTE is to have a space to connect as geography teacher educators in developing our practice, uh, our research, uh, sharing the things that we are doing and opportunities to collaborate. And so the GTE conference brings us together annually, the last weekend of January, and it travels from university to university. I think next year we're back in Dublin with um, Susan oh. Pike. Um, and, one, and lots of things have grown from these conference opportunities where we connect and then and then join together, join forces to do bits of research together. Uh, but we're also collaborating now via sort of a, a, GT, a GT WhatsApp group so that we are and have been all the way through the pandemic um, sharing little tidbits of advice, um, opportunities, um, a little bit of a moan and a, an upset when we've all <laughs> gone back online again. Um, so that and, and that all came about as a result of these GTE conference opportunities. So yeah, lo lovely, lovely community. Yeah, and, for, and I'm really, really pleased. I, I say I said earlier that I spoke to Emily a little bit earlier uh, today about uh, her contribution and how she felt as a PGCE student. You know, how does this make Compton feel? And I'll, I, what I'll do, I'll ask um, Ellie Bullock the same question. Um, the question I asked Emily a bit earlier, Ellie, was uh, how does this make you feel as a, an early careers teacher, as a, as a trainee teacher, to know that your mentors, your trainers, undergo this process every, every year where they collaborate, they speak to academics? So, so what, does, what does that mean? What does that mean for you and your confidence as a trainee? Well, I'm just sat here, like, amazed. I'm in awe of everything. Like, listening to, me and Emily were saying, like, listening to the people we write about in our assignments and actually seeing them albeit virtually is just it's the most kind of like wonderful and exciting feeling like we sound so over the top potentially because it's our first conference but it's like it's the first conference <laughs> that one will be able to go to every year through for like the rest yeah. of our careers so we are we are massive fans we are and it's just so exciting to be able to meet and connect with everybody. And we can't thank Ellie enough for giving us this opportunity to be able Aww. to do that. And I, I think Ellie will agree with me. And we've also got David. I'll bring David in a second. Um, that, you know, we really try and do our best in schools, don't we, with regards to student leadership and, and youth voice. And uh, I think that should definitely extend with regards to the next tier, you know, without us mentors, us teacher trainers, and giving a voice and a platform for for early careers teachers in this process, um, so I think it's an absolute fabulous thing. And, and for me personally, it's an absolute delight to have you have you both here, and you're seeing all this process. And one day, you know, mentors or teacher trainers yourselves, you know, and you can see what. A and I never really thought of that. Like, yeah, when you'll be reading articles and textbooks and stuff like that, and you're like, oh my god, I'm actually meeting these people here because they, of course, some of them are here. Of course, that makes total sense. I never really thought about that. Absolutely. Um, so in this room, we have David Mitchell. You'll have done some David reading Mitchell. for David Mitchell as well, a legend in Let's the bring in David. Literature. So David, tell us a little bit about kind of some of the work that you've done and, and how you're contributing to the GT conference then. Uh, yeah, well, hardly a legend. <laughs> Thanks for bigging me up. For, <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so this conference, uh, yeah, just sharing some, my latest um, ideas and collaboration with with colleagues, uh, because that's one of the big things, obviously, messages 
of this conference is that it's always working together. Um, and with colleagues at UCL Institute of Education, we're uh, moving the, the idea of geo capabilities forwards, hopefully, which is a project that's been going for a few years, um, taking it into um, actually taking geo capabilities into uh, wider subject uh, arenas. So we're looking at um, sustainability across subjects and um, trying to make connections between geography and, uh, and a whole range of other school subjects to see where that um, leads geographers um, and, and, how, and develops uh, how we think about geography. Um, so that's one thing that right now I'm particularly interested in. And, and the GTE is a good opportunity to share those ideas and, and just get a little bit of um, feedback um, and, uh, and, and hopefully bring, um, bring some support uh, with us. Absolutely. And of course, get, gather ideas and feedback yourself as well. You know, we're all part of a synergetic process here where somebody may say something or ask a question that kind of think, in, think that's a very interesting frame and that. And uh, I think it's all beneficial for us all, really. And, and I think things like this are absolutely amazing. So, Ellie, thank you again for um, leading this year's organisation. And please send our thanks and our regards to all the rest of the organising committee. And um Ellie and Emily and David, thanks for joining me in the uh, mid-quiz break for a little coffee and geography. Pleasure, Kit. Thanks, thanks for having thanks. me. See you. Thank you. Bye. So there you go, folks. It's just a little sneak peek special episode um, at, quote-unquote, the uh, GTE conference. Um, uh, okay, all right. Before I go, I'll give you a few questions from the quiz that we just did. All right, okay. So let's have a look, shall we? Let's give you, um, let's just give you one question from most of the rounds, and we'll, we'll do the whole um, "what is that sound" round because obviously that works very well for a podcast. Okay, so round one was all about whether all of these names were either a real nickname or a fake name for a place. So um, have a go at this. Which one of these is fake? Is the Show Me State real nickname or a fake name? And Cloud City. Have a little think. Well, Cloud City is a fake nickname. That's actually from Star Wars. That's not a real place. But the Show Me State is the nickname for Missouri in the um, United States of America. There you go. Right. What about this one for you? If you dug a hole straight through the earth from this place, where would you end up? And the answer is a country. You ready? Here's the clue. Digging from Spain will leave you from Aragon to Aragorn. Rings fans out there? Well, the clue Aragorn for Lord of the Rings filmed in New Zealand. So if you dug straight down from Spain through the earth, you end up in New Zealand. Okay, here's a good one. So I gave a list of landmarks and place names using the true original names by First Nations people. Uh, many places, of course, are returning to um, First Nations uh, names and their heritage, but, um, you know, unless the actual locations and places don't get returned completely to First Nations, then I think we still have a long way to go. But um, here's two for you and see if you can think about what their um, colonial names were, you know. Um, but he, these are their, their, their real proper names given by the indigenous people. So Chomolungma, Chomolunga, and that's in Nepal. So what's that most commonly known as? And what about Bear's House or Bear's Rock? We 
which is in the state of Wyoming, United States. What do you think? Well, Chomolungma is uh, better known as Mount Everest. That's the uh, actual name. Um, and Bear's House or Bear's Rock was made famous by the movie um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And that is most commonly known as Devil's Tower. So next time you eat some mashed potatoes, maybe you can make a sculpture of that. Okay, one more before the sound bit. Okay, the um, ISO 3166 codes, these are the two-letter international codes, um, standardization codes, right? So, first of all, FR, like FR, for example, is France and AR is Argentina, okay? They were two of the questions. What about GB? If you said Great Britain, you're wrong. It's actually United Kingdom. That's a bit controversial in itself, but yes, the ISO 3166 code GB actually means United Kingdom. FJ, Foxtrot Julia, FJ, what do you think? That's Fiji. Here we go, it gets a bit harder now. ZA, or ZA for my folks in America across the pond. South Africa. And what about AQ? Well, that's a red herring. That's not a country at all, because that's the code for Antarctica. All right, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll end with this one. We'll end with this one. So four audio clips for you, and you've got to guess which one. Okay, so number one, I want you to have um, a listen to this, and oh, you've got three choices. Is this A, a male koala bellowing? B, movement of ice inside a glacier? Or C, an unhealthy moped? Have a listen and see what you think. was a male koala calling for a mate and bellowing, yes. Um, you believe it or not, the movement of ice inside a glacier sort of sounds like that. It's kind of a creaking, more like, more like a grunting, but um, um, unhealthy moped, maybe. Probably there's no moped around that sounds like that. Okay, what about this one? So is this a swarm of locusts, a sand avalanche, or a wind turbine? It's actually a sand avalanche, would you believe? That's caused by the vibrations of all the sand molecules moving as uh, as they uh, tumble down the side of a sand dune. All right, the third one then. Is this an earthquake, a termite mound, or catabatic winds in Antarctica? That's an earthquake. In fact, that, that audio has been sped up 16 times so you can hear it a bit more effectively. But that is an earthquake. And then the last one... Is this A, wrapping a pack of cards, B, a lynx warning growl, or C, a jumping spider mating ritual? Would you believe that is a jumping spider's mating ritual, the sound that they make? Well, there you go, folks. I think I've peaked there. Um, I don't think I could go on anymore, so I I will uh, let you go, and uh, next week we will be back to uh, a regular regular episode of Coffee and Geography. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so more stories and experiences can drop into your favourite podcast app. If you fancy being a guest or have any feedback, follow us on Twitter at Coffee Geog Pod. A 
and send us a DM. Or you could email coffeeandjog at geogramblings.com. Until next time, keep geogging.